Studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to another edition of the Other Kind Radio. That's Talk Radio. The Other Kind Radio. Today is April twelfth, twenty twenty. The Other Kind Radio. This is episode eighty-three. The Other Kind Radio is a weekly podcast in which Todd and Jeff ping pong around all things pop culture and deliver to you. The kind listener. The other kind of radio. Talk radio. Returning kind listeners, welcome back to the program. Hope you the are having a safe COVID nineteen. Practicing the social distancing. I hope you have plenty of food, toilet paper, hand sanitizer. It's all come down to that, folks. First time listeners are congratulated, especially uh, <clears throat> these days, on finding us among the plethora of podcasts that are out there. Um. We're glad you're here. Sit back, relax. The show will begin shortly. We uh, always encourage our listeners to like, subscribe uh, to the Other Kind Radio on whatever podcast software you're using. We're out on majority of them. Uh, by doing so, you are helping feed the algorithm that keeps the podcast universe spinning and our show in its gravitational pull. This episode is brought to you by Pub134, um, who was absent last week. We've uh, They've been shut down to the uh, COVID-19, but uh, being the loyal Instagram follower I am, uh, I got a call from Nick as well. Uh, they are doing uh, to-go orders, so you can pop in, practice social distancing, get a six-pack of beer or whatever, and take it home. So Pub134, that's uh, in Omaha, 90th and Maple. Go check them out, get some beer, support a local business. They're doing the best they can. I feel absolutely awful for Pub134 and Nick and all the employers, Julius, everybody that works there. That place was just getting a good amount of uh, steam, and uh, popularity, I guess, <laughs> uh, before this... Uh, Pandemic happened, and now they're trying to do their best. So, so show some support. Show some support, and go to Pub One Three Four, and get yourself something to drink. Uh, be safe. This week on the Other Kind Radio, besides my inability to talk, we're going to talk about. We're going to get with Todd here in a minute. We're going to talk a little bit about the quarantine update. We're going to have some band talk. Todd's take on, uh, and he's really excited about it is uh, Cats just came out digitally. Uh, take that inability to talk digitally, and he's got a review. I've concluded my uh, first week and a half of streaming live on Twitch, and I have uh, some feedback, some update there, so we'll go over that. On center stage, uh, we didn't come up with this until we had the pre-production meeting, which often happens, but Todd, in his brilliant mind, suggested that we kind of... Uh, Talk about some things we've been able to watch, catch up on as far as pop culture uh, while COVID-19 is going on. So we'll have that on center stage. Let's go ahead and get my podcast partner on the show because, folks, he's the one that makes it happen. 
And in case you're wondering, who is this Todd guy? He is a family generating movie maker, guitar and drum player, book author, dive bar, boombox founder, and all around a renaissance man live from a studio in the great state of Texas and delivering the significance of the pop culture number 83. Please welcome Todd. Hi, kids. <laughs> All the kids made it. They're, they're being safe. I, I mean, you know, there is no social distancing whenever you just keep the kids in the closet and you only bring them out for cheers, right? I think the cops are coming right now. <clears throat> okay, well, we'll make the show very quick. <laughs> All right, the pop culture number 83. I, I have something to tell you. Oh, I love it. Interesting. 83, are you ready? Yes. 83 is the natural number following 82 and preceding 84. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally what Wikipedia told me. I thought, well. Hmm. I think that may be the most obvious thing they've said yet. Somewhere there was someone who read that and was like, <laughs> mind blown. All right. So here's one that's a little more interesting. It's the sum of three consecutive prime numbers, 23 plus 29 plus 31. Okay. Well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Can I shake my head too? Um, <laughs> 83. You know, that would have been the year that I was a sophomore in high school. And I'm looking at my favorite pop culture site. And dear God, I hope I didn't dress like that in 1983. But I think I did. I think we all did. Rugby, yeah. Rugby pullovers were big. Oh, yeah. Um, um, suspenders were big. Z Cavaricci. Were you a Z Cavaricci kid? I was not. But I remember people wearing them. I didn't have enough money for them. The Atari 5200 cost 200 bucks. But the biggest toy that year for Christmas for kids was the Geo Worm. Geo Worm. Mm -hmm. I so thought I, I thought I thought I saw that guy dancing at the club the other night. What the <laughs> what the heck is a Geo Worm? Hey kids, Uncle Jeff doesn't mean to talk like that. Kids, I'll go back in the closet. <laughs> that would have been the year that Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi came out. Tootsie. Was uh -huh. the biggest comedy at the box office. Damn good movie. Very to this day, you can turn that movie on anywhere in it, get into it, and it is funny, sweet. It's you know, it's one of those again that when guys tell me I don't like romantic comedies, go watch Tootsie. It's a romantic comedy and it is damn funny. You're going to love it. Jessica Lange. Lange. How do you say her last name? Lang. Lang. Jessica Lange. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's in it, right? Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Um, wow, that's looks like the year 83 was kind of a sucky year. Some guy named Michael Jackson has a hit with a thing called Beat It and Billie Jean. Whoa. Uh, the police are big. Well, okay. I like them a whole lot, but that's about it. Um, now wait, let's go back. What was the glow worm? What was the glow worm? It's some little worm. And I remember it now. It's a little stuffed doll that when the kid hugs it and they're alone at night, it becomes a nightlight in their arms. <laughs> when, they, when they're alone at night, they hug it. It goes, I will take your soul. <laughs> Bye -bye. All right. So uh, with all of that, 83, glow warm, good stuff. How are you and your family doing during this pandemic? We're good. Um, I, I think a detail last, last time my wife works for a doctor's office and she's still working. Uh, they are not seeing patients. They're doing virtual visits. They've reduced a lot of people. Uh, it's that kind of thing that everybody hears. You know, she's had a 20%. Uh, deduction or reduction in her wow pay. um you know the, the good thing for us is that i'm the breadwinner so it, it hurts but at the same time you know we're all getting by i think my daughter and i are kind of sick of seeing each other every day 
Um, yeah. And the funny thing is, is that I usually stay here in the, the, the infamous movie theater only because it's the comfiest place to sit if you're going to be on a computer all day. And she's out there doing homework. So we maybe see each other three times a day, but it's the fact that that's the only person you see. And it's kind of like, wah, wah, yeah. You know? So even, even though in the news, um, there is, I guess, a, a statistical increase in domestic violence. Yeah, Hang with me. That. That's not where I'm going. But um, uh, yeah, I, I think I think some of this kind of just really brings out the um, can show you some some things in a relationship, even with your kids or whoever you're quarantined with. Um, and thankfully, yeah, I, you know, we're all pretty chill. Um, Max just stays in his room playing video games so he's 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 doing good luke's luke will swing swing down every once in a while um and you know it's just sharing that same space with the same people for a longer time and and it does seem um like it's been quite a while since you've since we many of us have had some time by ourselves (laughs) you know i i think that you know the there are enough times too that we've had moments of family togetherness uh when we're all sick of the world and just getting in the car and driving around yeah we had a night the other night where we made dinner and and we we told abby who who is suddenly very interested in the show criminal minds i think she wants to become a forensic psychologist i think she's kind of interested in that but what i kept telling her was okay this is why daddy doesn't watch network shows and she keeps saying, it's great, it's great. I said, wait till season 19 yeah, yeah. when it's the same show it was when it started. And you'll kind of go, oh, wow, doesn't yeah. get any better. But I digress. You know, we told her, you can't watch Criminal Mindset. We're going to sit at this table. And we ended up sitting at the table for two hours yeah, and just talking. So there are good things out of this. We've been on walks. <laughs> we enjoy those kind of things. I think a lot of people are seeing that. It's just how do you find ways to make things different? You and I have this. Yeah. Um, so a group of friends and I around here have decided to start making Fridays after five, our guy happy hour. Nice. You just get on the phone and shoot the, you know, and it's nice. You, you, you get close to these people, but I think we all need as humans, just that moment where you're even seeing the inadvertent odd person here and there. Where you just, Hey, how are you? You know, yeah. it's, you need something different. Yeah. I've, uh, I've helped set up zoom accounts for so many people that are that are getting into it you know that are wanting to to do that um we we've done a couple social hours we were also doing um jack a box party via zoom it's uh you can you can get it on your computer you can get it uh on apple tv i got it on the computer so we could share it but basically it's a it's a trivia game where you can share your screen and people, wherever they are, just use their phone to go to a very simple URL and punch in a very simple code, and then they're part of the game. And when it's their turn to um, answer questions or do whatever, then they can do that remotely. And that's 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 been kind of fun. Um, I, I do. You reminded me real quickly. Uh, I do want to send a shout out to High V uh, on Cass Street uh, as we all try to navigate getting groceries and and what we need for our day-to-days. In fact, I'm going to be headed there after the show. Um, They've really just taken uh, a unique approach. I guess unique is the right word because this is the first time we're going through it. But um, when you walk into this this grocery store, um, they have somebody greet you, 
and they make sure they show you the you know they give you a cart that's been sanitized mm-hmm. and then and then the second thing they've done <clears throat> is they have put arrows in the aisles and so basically they want the flow to go the same around well, that's good yeah so you actually can feel like you can go in and do your shopping and um get what you need without just the just the randomness of of people running back and forth thirdly when you check out um they have everybody stay there six feet and they have you wait until they take a sanitizer and sanitize the entire belt conveyor belt that you put your groceries on um i don't know how much of that really helps or if it does anything but you know it makes you feel better absolutely and then it was just so strange to while they're you know, ringing the stuff up to sit there and have a conversation and talk to someone else that you don't know. And you, you know, you're, in, you're engaging that part of your brain where, um, normally it's how you doing today? Fine. You know, and then you just kind of ignore each other until everything's done. Unless, yeah. but I'm a goofball. So I'm always like asking them, you know, what their favorite thing to do is or whatever. Sometimes it gets me kicked out of the grocery store, but anyway, so you well, have that quick thing and then they, <clears throat> you know, they, uh, check you out. And then uh, of course now the new norm is you bring the bags in and then you get out the sanitizer, the wipes and just wipe everything down and then, you know, put it away. But, um, it was, it it was a nice experience to go in and I don't know what the percentage or the actual math is on what kind of curve curb curbing they're doing on COVID, but, um, kudos to them for thinking about that and kind of taking some extra time to put together a plan that in the end made the shopping experience, you know, a little better than it was. Yesterday, Abby and I went to grab dinner and it was that I, I love seafood. I was kind of sick of just chicken, pork, beef. And so I told my wife, she said, go, you go to the store and grab crab. You love crab. Yeah. Crabby. Oil that. And so of course we, I thought, well, we got whole foods just around the corner. That that crab is going to be maybe a little bit better. Yeah. For they didn't have any, of course. You get there and didn't have, but the reason I bring it to them is that they did a, a not the flow of traffic, but you know, only allowing fifty people in the store at a time. Huh. Someone standing there regulating that. Very same thing as what you said. They would they would had somebody oh, cleaning carts to hand it to you. Yeah. They they made it just feel safe whether it was or not. Then I, of course, go to Kroger's to actually find the crab, and it was a freaking free-for-all of just everybody in the world going at it. And I thought, how is this right? And I go down an aisle. This lovely lady, you know, I'm not even going to describe her because, you know, I know she's a kind listener. I don't want her to hear me talk about it. Oh, all right. When you're – it's already rude, first off, to just be the person that parks your car – cart – not to one side or the other, oh, but yeah. kind of in the middle of the aisle. Then you stand just to the other side of it. So you're now completely blocking the aisle. Yeah. And we're all, everyone from both sides is standing six feet of the other side of her. And she finally looks at me and goes, all right. <laughs> As though somehow, and, and I am wearing a mask and I've got gloves on. And I guess she just, and she was not wearing anything. She just, you know, right. hang on. She was wearing something. She wasn't wearing any protective measures. Whoa. But um, 
it was like my Corona reminder just completely annoyed her. And I yeah. thought, I don't care which way it is. That's still rude. But I wish that some of these stores would take those measures, which are yeah. worry about the flow. How many people are on each aisle? And yeah. I get it that baking goods is probably going to have a lot more people on the aisle because we all are having to feed ourselves at home. Yeah, It's just, man, sometimes that's just so frustrating. But I'm so relieved to hear that there are stores that are starting to get it right. Yeah. I mean, it's, and that is frustrating because here's the, here's the thing I didn't include. Even though everything was clearly marked and it shows how, uh, how obedient I am. I'm following those arrows to a T, like some of the areas that, that aren't just a straight aisle, you know, <laughs> I'm like, okay, where's my arrow? Oh, oh, I got to take a left here. And then I got to, and then there were people that were just, you know, willy nilly starring in their own movie, just, you know, not paying any attention, but it's unfortunate, um, but yeah, even going to this, the the store is is just you know kind of this like oh well um guess we're gonna do it they they do have delivery up here, mm-hmm. um the schedules are really really um uh, uh all over the place of when they can deliver and I guess we could do a better job of planning that but you know it's like I'll just run to the store, um. Shelly won't let us deliver for some reason. I, I want to go to the store. And I'm like, well, it's great. I get you want to go out. Yeah. And starting to get a little sketchy to do those kind of things. And Yeah. And I, I'm going to, when I leave, I am going to wear a mask. Um, and so I was, you know, we've had a couple people. Uh, my mother sewed some masks. Uh, there's another woman that, that was making masks. And so we got some. Um, and I was all nervous about what mask I was going to wear and, and I realized I probably should use like a really loudly colored one just so everybody can see it. What what are you wearing? Like, like the, did you, do you have a cloth mask or do you, are you all stocked up on, do you have like 8 billion of those N95 masks? So I'm actually kind of mad at myself. I did have an N95 because I do, I love to, uh, do some spray painting on stuff. I love that kind of stuff. And ah. I had one and I literally threw it away at about two months ago. It was in my garage. I went, ah, that thing is probably, I just need to get, get rid of it and get a new one. Of course, I didn't do the smart thing and go buy a new one before right. I threw it away. Right. But uh, now with Shelly's connection to uh, the medical field, a lot of people on that end are sewing nice masks for each other. Yeah. And so we have a couple of cloth masks that somebody made for us. And yeah. I will tell you the one thing that really sucks is wearing glasses as I do. I'm blind without them. The moment you put it on, you breathe fog. It's every oh, yeah. time you breathe out, you can't see because it fogs <laughs> up. But, you know, I, I keep telling myself that that's further protective measures. My fogged glasses keep the, the COVID virus. Away. Yeah. Keeps your, keeps your, uh, your, your uh, nervous system active. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even yeah. know what I'm saying there. All right. I know I have on here that we're going to talk some, we're going to have some band talk. Um, what's, what, yeah, what's going on? I mean, um, I guess we haven't talked about this much on the show, but I mean, you're, you're like in 1749, a hundred bands. And my question <laughs> to you is, I mean, obviously you're not gigging. Um, right. I mean, obviously are you, I guess you're playing on your own, but I guess what I'm looking for is just like an update. What dive bar Boombox is doing during COVID-19 we're doing nothing I mean obviously you can't play gigs Um, there's a lot of virtual stuff going on Uh, I don't want to shame my bandmates but we I tried to get some stuff going we we did one thing which there's a site out there called Jam Kazam and it promotes itself as a way that a virtual way for musicians to get together online 
play, record, etc. Right. Um, it's a virtual way to do nothing is really what it is. I'm sorry, Jim, because <laughs> you have a site that doesn't work. Um, well, maybe if they put a little more work into their the actual name of the company, it might have worked a little I better. Jam Kazam is like something you'd find in a Cracker Jack box. And you would think so. I totally agree with that. You would think that there'd be more of these services out there in this day and age where people could play together online. They're really there. There's this one where you can, it's actually how I found a lot of the members of the band was um, band finder or something. It's sort of like Facebook for bands and you can play together on there, but it doesn't allow for recording. I don't believe you think somebody would be out there going, wow, this is really a great time to start this business because people want to play together. There's not a way. So then we, then I, tossed out my bass player actually was the one that came up with it todd why don't you record something send us the file and we'll each play along and todd can edit together you know and do that thing where it's nine people all around playing not not one of them has recorded anything (laughs) and put it up there i love you all but um i did the work you need to do yours but you know it's it's frustrating We, we haven't played together now and it actually is close to six weeks because wow. we'd had to take two weeks off before all this hit. I know. And you had some momentum going. That's got to be a little frustrating. The other thing that you made me think of is one of the, one of the things that's happening during this, this COVID is, you know, we all have the free time um, or more time than we did for some of us. I know you're extremely busy, but it's interesting, you know, still how some of those procrastination elements come through um, I promised you at the when we stopped recording last week. I, you know, you're like, hey, you know, can we have? Can you have the run sheet ready? <laughs> and I said to you, with oh so much, uh, you know, Charleston Heston in my in my brain, I was like, absolutely, you know, from my dead hand, you'll have to grab it. And of course, I didn't. Um, now, again, and this is when you take that breath. And you're like, well, we do have reconstruction going on right now in the house we do have new floors in the kitchen and living room so it has been um uncharacteristically numbingly uh just project enhanced busyness with you know other people in the house and and running around but yeah you would think you know when you're when you're not in the midst of what's happening right now you're like man if i just had a couple hours i could really knock this stuff out and now you have a couple hours and it's like Oh my God, it's eight o'clock at night. You wear my pants. What's happening? You know, <laughs> it's funny because I, I really took it upon myself. Thought, hey, I'm going to write some new music. I'm yeah. going to put it out and let the band learn it. Haven't done one damn bit of that, but we did plant flowers in the front flower bed. So there, there, there are project going around the house that happened, but nothing like this. So please don't worry about the run sheet. And yeah, and, you know, kind of listener. I'm really not that big of a jerk to Jeff. It's just that <laughs> as a producer, he sometimes is a little, lackadaisical yeah. in his prep and yeah. i i can barely stand doing this show because he never has it right oh uh, and now, that's a lie now i know you're being serious um but you know it, it's interesting how things get away but we you know each day you make a little little bit more yeah and um you know the whole remodeling project has really been interesting during this time just because of everything else that's going on but so um, that's still happening it is it is we uh we have uh, left to do. We have drywall painting. The countertop has been measured and ordered, which they said was going to take two to three weeks. And then we have uh, plumbing to come in, and we uh, move the dishwasher. 
and get the sink and everything done. And then last but not least will be the electrical, which has been all laid out. They just got to come in and you finish it off. But just, you know, going into the kitchen and making a sandwich has become a, you know, huge thing. You think I'd lost, I'd, because of that, I would have lost like, you know, 20 pounds. But I, I you know, hey, where there's a calorie, I'll find it. And uh, you and me both, brother. I mean, it is, <laughs> oh, I am starving to death. Oh, wait, I just ate three minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. But I need those chips. Yes. I've got to have, yes. And actually, I was listening to Freakonomics podcast. And they have a really interesting episode about uh, just what grocery stores are doing and everything. And one of the things they talked about is um, buying comfort. Um, they say that when you go in the store and you see that, you know, all the bread's gone or the toilet paper's gone or whatever, that in many cases leads to, yeah, I'm going to buy those damn corn chips because I need a little bit of ray of sunshine in my life right now. And yeah. that's what it's going to be. Um but uh, yeah, so I, well, hopefully all of your bandmates are doing well, and I think you'll find some time. You've been extremely busy, but I'm sure you're going to find some time to to sit down and write. And uh, you know, I it, I'll I'll try and write some COVID esque song, um, and get those lyrics to you or whatever. Now you know what? See, there I go again, making promises I can't keep. I'll make sure the run sheet's ready to go uh, next week. I have an idea, Jeff. Yeah, let's do this. On the next show, why don't I bring my guitar with me? Yeah. And let's write a song together. It's, we, will, we, will, we will capture the magic. I think we can do it. We have to write the lyrics down. And then what I'll do is <laughs> I will then pop that over to Dive Bar and see if we can't put a band on top of it. Full disclosure. I like, idea. I like it too. Full disclosure, there's something you've been waiting for me to do for another project. Yeah. Wow. Why don't I do that? Uh, I did think about that the other day. I didn't, we, we can open the curtain to that, right? It's up to you. Yeah. No, yeah. We can open the curtain. That uh, it, It's been put out here six billion times and it makes me sound like I'm smarter than I am. But so I have a degree in film. I want, and I went to Jeff and I said, you know, I, I graduated from school, film school right at that time, right before all the digital thing happened. You back then you had to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now it's not that expensive. And I said, I've always wanted to go back. You know, my career took me away from it. I always wanted to go back and say, can't we make a film? Yeah. And so I threw an idea to Jeff. I, I think Jeff liked it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I say that because as I slowly worked on it, I would position Jeff with questions. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll look at that. And <laughs> I get nothing. So I think Jeff doesn't really like it, but, uh, yeah, I think we yeah, should. So we're, we're trying to write a film. It, we're trying to write a film. Uh, originally I pitched Todd on a TV show called the, Oh God, I'm, my vocabulary is going to leave me right now. What is it? When you put something off, you are a uh, procrastinator. Yeah. It's called the procrastinator. Boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that would be a funny show because then just it nothing would. would happen. Like I should really get up and we should really have some kind of scene right now. That's ah, all right. Here, <laughs> have another donut. <laughs> but yeah, we're working on that, and I'm I'm writing it down because if you write it down, just like I didn't write down the uh, pre pro, I'm writing down pre pro, and I'm writing down mo vai. Okay, written down vai. I movie. I like that. Yeah. No, I like Movi. A Movi. We're working on a Movi. Movi. Yeah, we could get we could get some some momentum behind that. People are like, oh no, it's not a movie, it's a Movi. Is that what the COVID version of a movie is? Is a, a Movi? 
Mm-hmm. And you know what I've always wanted to do. In fact, I, I I am I'm using the AV time machine to jump into the future when the move is done, and I see our biggest. I see what breaks this friendship up. I see Uh-oh. what happens, and that is, I am uncharacteristically passionate and stubborn about whatever it is that that. And you might know the technical term of when it shows. You know when you start a movie and it's like. And Universal comes across, and then there's like a guy standing in a field peeing on some corn, and then you know it's like urination pictures or whatever. Sorry, yeah, working blue. Um, that's what I see us having a big argument about. It's like I just want you're like I just want something simple, and I'm like, no, here's what it is: it's a spaceship comes out, and an alien poops on the ground, and then that grows into a tree, which is cut down and then rendered into film. And then it ends with like a picture of me. <laughs> no, I, so I already see this. Um, when, when we do our production company bumper. that Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. It is literally going to be a shot of you on screen. Just going, <laughs> okay, so what I see is a spaceship coming down, an alien pooping on that ground, then a guy pissing on that. And and then it just goes, Jeff picture. Right, right. It, it, yeah. So it's, it, it's a sorry about that pictures. Um, that would lower the the expectation for those if you if you named your your film production company sorry about that <laughs> you could have I bomb like after that. bomb and then it'd just be like oh have you seen that news sorry about that um so a long time ago when I, I and i really did go down the path with some friends trying to do something and, and honestly the screenplay was not i was too young to have tried to write what i tried to write and just wasn't there but i was going to call the production company bucket of bolts nice after the millennium falcon from star wars Uh but it also has that whole thing that it's not put together that it's kind of how other otherwise i like what what did you call it again sorry about that picture sorry about that that's the name of our production company sorry about that sorry about that all right well there you go we've all worked it out i will look at it written it down i'm gonna have the pre-pro done movie and i'm gonna lose 20 pounds in this next week um, well, let's go ahead and, and move into, I know something you're ready to talk about. So that means folks, uh, kind listeners that have been with us before, you know what I have to do. we got to get that projector out. We got to fire it up. So warm, so nice. And let's get into Todd's take on Todd. What's your take on this week? My take is on a film that I have wanted to see badly. Um, that came out this year. And was quickly piled upon by everyone in the world calling it the worst film to come out in years, misguided, stupid, badly produced, etc. And that is Tom Hooper's version of the Angeloid Weber musical Cats. Ah. My daughter went and saw this. Now, I, she is 17 and she went to see it with friends. And I was like, why in the Oh, did you choose that movie to go with your friends? Well, it was really the only thing we could see, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, it's not exactly a kid, you know, not that it's bad, but it's not something you want to see. Um, for those of you who don't know, Angela Weber's, you know, made six gazillion dollars off this musical. It's never quit running on Broadway. It's based on T.S. Eliot's uh, collection of poems called Opossum's something of practical <laughs> cats or something it's something where, but what he did was t.s Eliot. great oh there it is old possum's book of practical cats they're right there in oh. front of me read, read todd um t.s Eliot, very respected poet these each of the poems is 
talking about a cat, but you know, obviously once you read one or two of them, you start to realize it's using a cat as a person to try and right. juxtapose feline qualities, et cetera. And, but it, it, it say something about people and is, is the stage version clever in its own way? I think it has the fact, the fact that it oh. was well done. The dancing's good. Is it bad because there's no story to it? Absolutely. Because really, for those of you who don't know, the, the story is this. A group of cats get together one night, and they're called Jellicle Cats, and they come to the Jellicle Ball, and one old cat chooses which one gets to have the next of their nine lives, essentially. And each one of them then sort of presents their case. This is who I am, and they sing about themselves. What kind of worked on stage? Yeah. Is a problem it, translating a, a musical sometimes to to the screen becomes a problem because all right, you you have to create an atmosphere where it's okay for people to sing. And I I still <laughs> will go I will go toe to toe with you and any, yeah. any person and say if you don't believe you can have a, a movie where people sing and be okay with it, then you cannot have a movie where the X Men have claws coming out of their hands. It's the same suspension of disbelief. I got claws coming out my hands. I go. I would like to see X-Men the musical. <laughs> so um, what this film does, and I'm going to, I'm going to try not to go, I, go too deep into it because I literally could make an hour long podcast Ooh. about the things that are, there are a couple of things good with this movie, but so much is wrong, but what it does, that's very smart. Sometimes you, in, in something like this has no story. You have to find a person to take us through it. And uh. if you see the stage version of it, it, there's a white cat who is constantly coming up and, and seeing things and looking, well, they make that white cat. Mistopheles. Isn't that, isn't that in the stage? Mistopheles, isn't that that one? No, that's oh. a different one. Oh, um, sorry. I'm pr impressed you actually knew a name from it. <laughs> hey, um, it's my favorite this, musical of all time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. This little white cat is abandoned at the very first by their family, throws it out of a bag, etc. So she already kind of feels alone in a strange place. She's us. Mm. Um, she's been tossed into the middle of it and you know i thought okay i get it i get what they're doing they need us to go along with them and she is played by francesca hayward who has no screen credits but is the prima ballerina for the royal ballet i'm going to say this that woman besides being she has weird computer generated cat crap all over her and we'll talk about that in a second <laughs> she is absolutely beautiful her ability to make her body with her dancing. I, I told my wife, I went out and said, this is the worst movie I've ever seen, but I am so enthralled to watch this ball ballerina just walk. I mean, you, you see her and it's like, oh my God, I've never thought a human being could walk beautifully. But into the idea that these people all have weird computer generated cat heads on them, yet still have, and I'm going to go through the list of features, they still have human eyes, noses, uh -huh. mouths, fingers, feet, breasts, which is a big thing because you sit there and go, cats don't have breasts like that. Why didn't <laughs> they smooth that out? They have <laughs> collarbones. It's all, you're just looking, you're like, I'm, I'm in some weird hybrid of cat land. And there's a digital version that shows they have their, their, their poo-poo, their, their, yeah, <laughs> their, where the poo-poo comes out, the butthole. Sorry. All right. That's the end of the show. I, <laughs> they have poo poo in the butt. I know. I turned, I turned, um, I don't know what happened there, folks. Um, but, and I don't want to ruin that because you may be talking about that, but they actually edited that out. And then the, the version that's been released, they edited out their, their, their poopers. 
it's just it's so bizarre i think i i really do think that if you had just simply made their eyes tiny bit more cat-like gave them a bit of a snout like yeah. you, you think back to what they did with the recent Planet of the eight movies where they took andy circus's face and made it into a chimpanzee fa- yeah, face yeah. it worked you were like okay that is an ape if they had done something like that just to to smooth out the features take away the fingers give them some sort of pause figure yeah. out something that automatically is so off-putting you're like what the am i watching yeah um and then the the film has no propulsion to where you're like, wow, I want to watch this because there's an opening number in the stage thing that's like 10 minutes long on screen. It feels like it's six hours long. Yeah. It finally begins to get a little bit of swagger to it when like James Corden comes in and he's such yeah. a interesting person that it's hard not to like him. Um, you have those moments where it works is this young lady, this, this ballerina is just, unbelievable to watch Mm. um and i promise i'm getting to the end of this uh (laughs) the cat that eventually is chosen and if you don't know by now dear god please go check it out then you probably don't care right um is a cat called grizabella who sings the very famous song memory (laughs) and memory all alone in the moonlight that one um she is was once the beautiful cat and now she's tattered and worn and no one wants her so Jennifer Hudson plays that part. And I really worried. I thought, you know, she's really talented, but sometimes she tends to yell her songs. In my opinion. <laughs> she did not. She was outstanding. Right. Where the, at the end of it, this is where I want to go to Tom Hooper and Tom Hooper's a good director from the standpoint that he made the John Adams miniseries on HBO. If you've never seen that really good with uh, Paul Giamatti, really good, really worth, worth watching. He did the King's speech. He's Ooh. part of uh, his Dark Materials, which is on HBO, and I really like that. So at the end, all this stuff's taking place inside. They've all had their little moments of singing cat songs, and then we need to find Grizabella because she's eventually going to sing her song and be chosen. One of the one of the things in a movie you you simply have to do is you have to understand if I need to have a moment where my perspective is going to change and I'm yeah. going to look at something in a different way. I have to change what's being shown. We've seen Grizabella. We've heard her little, you know, kind of slithering around the background and everybody's kind of scared over because she's so beat up at the end. The little white cat goes and gets her and brings her inside to sing her song. And I was like, Oh my God, that's the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. The cat should have seen her outside and gone to everyone else and had them follow her outside so we would see Grizabella in the world that has torn her apart and has discarded her. Then as she sings her song, she should, it should have been that she's looking at somebody down the street and a, a human loving a cat and seeing them as beautiful. And that's what she wishes she was. And she had it. If you do that, then all of us can look and say, I felt that I yeah. felt that feeling of being discarded. Yeah. Tom Hooper, when it comes to directing musicals, is awful. He made Les Miserables, and at first when I saw that, I was like, great. But then I watched it, I was like, wait, he never shows me what the characters are looking or thinking about while they're singing songs. They just sing songs. Yeah. Man, this movie, Jeff, is so monumentally bad. Is it? It it, took me two days to watch it. I had to stop. It was so bad. I was like, oh, my God, I got to go. I can't do this. Is it as uh, bad as the John Travolta one? What was it? Planet? planet field earth or whatever it was battlefield earth yes is it well, that's pretty it's pretty bad yeah 
Okay. It's it's right around there. And and I think that what takes it into that realm is immediately the weirdness of human faces, yeah. human anatomy. I actually have a follow-up question regarding that, and is um do you think that some of the reason why they have so many human like qualities um <clears throat> is due to the fact that the actors you know, because here's the thing. I, I went to see, my parents took me to see Cats when I was in, I think, uh, eighth or ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And it blew my mind. It was, it, it, it is by far my one of my favorite musicals. I had the, the tapes and listened right. to it incessantly. Um, I You know, the difference between, for me, for movies that where people sing and, I guess, theater is just, I guess when I walk into a theater and I see a stage, I know that we're already in this kind of yeah. reality suspended environment. Um, anyway, uh, and, and then you, you know, you, you, you watch the program and they're all in this fantastic um, uh, makeup and everything. And, and you don't know that Joe Bob that's playing one character is a, you know, highly trained thespian. You just see the character that, that the actor's right. portraying. Right. But when it comes to the movies, I'm wondering if one of the reasons why they had so many human-like characteristics is because do you think that was driven by the actors that were cast? And they're like, look, man, if I'm James Corden, and if I'm going to be in this movie, I want people to know that I'm going to be in it. I don't think so. I don't think in this day that they care that much. I think they know what can be done. I think this is the director, to your point, yeah. trying to make a digital version of what you see on stage. Wow. But when you're on stage, you're, you know, especially if you're 20 rows back, that cat makeup begins to create the illusion of yeah. a little cat snout. Yeah. And we're, we're, we understand these are people doing that kind of thing. If you're going to go for, for photorealistic CG type stuff, I can give you, I could give you mm-hmm. that they could be up on their hind feet dancing. Yeah. Were they at least to not, I mean, hell, even the damn cats come out at one point and have tennis shoes on. And I'm like, okay, I realize you want them to be hip hop street dancers. I don't need you to. Oh, by the way, viewer, you're so stupid. I'm going to make them wear street tennis shoes to make you understand that they're hip hop dancers. Right, right. It's just, he makes. God, and then I watched some some behind the scenes stuff. There's only one director who could do this. Well, he did it badly. So I'm hoping there's somebody else. <laughs> It's that's really monumentally bad. And I to go back to Abby and I swear. I I, Oh, yeah. What'd she think? Abby came home afterwards and she was like, I'm so disturbed. (laughs) And I said, why? I said, and and I told my wife at that time, I said, that's why I wanted to see this so badly. Yeah. I really didn't care about seeing it. I would be like, okay, cool. cool, I'll watch that. But when I kept hearing over and over how bad it is, people having parties. Hey, we're going to get stones to see if this makes sense. Those kind of things. I kept thinking, okay, this sounds to me like a pop culture moment of people just dogpiling something. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. So you had to see for yourself, make sure that it actually was that bad. Yeah. And and I think that were it a better film that had a better device that, that took it scene to scene where I cared. Right. Um, I, I maybe could forgive those things, but it literally is because there are moments where it is so dead. If you'll remember the rum tub tugger, you saw this thing and he's the big kind of. Yeah swaggery cat that all the girls swoon about Mm -hmm. it has no life to it It, it, that moment it's just like directed flatly but it it is just a movie that is confoundingly bad 
Had she seen, had your daughter seen the stage no. version? Okay. So that's her first exposure. Okay. And my wife said that too. She was like, before I watched, she's like, I'm curious to see, because I've seen it a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and she said, I'm curious to see with you having seen that and, yeah. and liked it. Okay. What you think? And I just, I was like, you know, I, I don't know that I could think of a worse wow. movie that could turn out from this. Wow. Well, I definitely want to see it. And and kind of get my own because like I said, I remember and it, and it, I can see the little bit of surprise on your face when I said that I went and saw it and, and loved it. Uh, the yeah. stage version, cause it was, it was fantastic. So, uh, there you go. And, 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 and we invite the kind listener, you know, uh, hit us up at info at the other kind Let us know your thoughts. I want, I, cause somewhere someone's going to think it's great. <laughs> well, it, it on, um, on imdb i was just looking at it has its rating as 2.7 which i'm sorry Oof. imdb for all its greatness Oof. of actually being a catalog for everybody to use it allows ding dongs of the world to go in and give it <laughs> half a star but you realize that for all the half a stars there's somebody giving it a 10 so yeah. somebody likes this somebody was like yes collarbones you know how long i've been waiting for <laughs> a movie with kitty collarbones yeah kitty coll Ooh, there's another band name Where's my ding? I do realize that cats have a version of a collarbone of some sort. Just don't need to see it so prominently up there by their faces. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Kitty cat collarbones. By the way, I almost completely dropped an F-bomb. I was getting so frustrated. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and uh, take this uh, very expressive projector. Put it back up on the shelf there. Thank you for that great Todd's take on. Um, I, I'm, I kind of want to see it now. Maybe that'd be something that, uh, we watch during this, uh, this quarantine. I will pay you back the five ninety nine at cost to rent it. Cause I want you to see it so <laughs> okay. bad. You just tell me and I'll Venmo it to you. All right. All right. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate that. Let's go on to, um, Jeff's judgment this week. I'm just going to do a follow-up since, you know, everybody listening knows I did such a great job with pre-production work. So I've closed out about a, a week and a half of streaming on Twitch. Um, and uh, the short answer is, uh, I don't want this to come across the wrong way. I, I, I feel comfortable and I love doing it. Um, I've played two games all the way through. I played the new Resident Evil 3, which was kind of a, the, they re-rendered. And then yesterday I finished Blair Witch, which... Which, 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 uh, is right up there with cats. That game was pretty bad. Um, and I don't like to say that cause I know there are people that poured their heart and soul and sound editors and everybody else that worked really hard on that, that game. Um, what brings it, what brought it down so much is basically it, the sound mixing in it is fantastic and you get very freaked out when you're walking around the forest by yourself, um, with all the ambient noise that's going on. There was a few gotcha moments, but really what took it down for me was the last, I swear, 30 to 45 minutes, Todd, is you walking around in a house and you're, you know, you close a door, you open another one and there's something strange and then you turn around and there's a new door and you have flashbacks and flash forwards. And after, after about 10 minutes of that, it's, you're no longer scared. You're just like, how the hell do I get out of here? Where oh. is the end of this? Um, but I, you know, I haven't finished two games in a, in, in a, you know, in that period of time in a long, in a long while. Um, but, 
obviously, you know, I'm, I'm still new. I don't have much followers or, you know, it's not like I'm Tim, the tap man or, or Dr. Disrespect who has, um, you know, thousands of people watching him. But I, I thought that would be a hang up and I thought it would be difficult to sit there and at, at this point, pretty much talk to myself while I'm playing a video game. But actually, it was strangely easy to do. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 it's kind of just, it's, I don't know if it would be that much fun if there were a bunch of people watching because I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's easier to do stand up if you're in a room that nobody's in because you don't have to worry about them judging you. Right. Um, so I get to say what I want and, and make the little stupid little jokes that I want. And, uh, I'm, you know, again, I have a few followers and, some people that have popped in <clears throat> uh full disclosure have yet any to have anybody jump into the chat room and chat with me uh and so i'm i'm kind of waiting for those other first moments but uh i'll stream again today and it for me it really is a, an escape from everything that's been going on and it's a little bit of time to play some video games and i love the production aspect of it and putting all that stuff together um and now that it's in place and I'm getting some of the, uh, believe it or not, kind listeners, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting cues and not pushing wrong buttons. I, I did mute myself through uh, a good portion of the, the one of the episodes I did. I accidentally hit a button and uh, my buddy uh, Chris was watching. He's like, hey, man, just so you know, your, your mic's not on. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you talk, you think about it. I'm sitting there playing a game and you can see my mouth moving like, but nothing's coming out. So um, I'm enjoying it. I'm going to continue to do it. Uh, invite uh, kind listeners to stop by. All you have to do is go to twitch.tv forward slash Hectos. H-E-C-2-O-S. Hectos is my uh, gamer tag on uh, Xbox. So I just kind of moved it over and got it on Twitch. I can see where the attraction to do this is for me it's i mean obviously the monetary side or potential would be wonderful but i i do see more now of people that just really enjoy playing video games in fact i uh the first game i played was oregon trail which was a game that came out years and years ago did you ever play oregon trail no no i didn't where you can die of dysentery it's basically a eight bit game where you try and make it from Missouri. Like Red Dead, but eight bit. <laughs> it's the original Red Dead, with uh, much worse graphics and, and storyline and everything. But uh, I'm going to continue to do it, and uh, we'll, we'll we were talking about in the pre production um, that uh, we'll, we'll we'll do a uh, other kind of radio. I do plug the show on the stream. Um, and we'll we'll make sure we do one because I was looking uh, at another example. There's a talk show that's on there called Dropped Frames, which has three different Twitch streamers on it. And so there's no reason why we can't just have uh, it on the Hectos channel and just call it the other kind of radio and have you on and we'll hang out and do it. Can I watch that on Xbox? Yes. Oh, great, great, great point. Wow, you are you are a really good producer. Um, so to watch past broadcasts, uh, just go to Twitch. You have to have the Twitch app, and then when you're on Twitch, just uh, hit the little search bar at the top of the page and type Hectos, and you'll see there's a couple. There's 
Hectosaurus, <laughs> and then there's like a Hexo Hectosin, but the third one down is just plain old Hectos. You hit that, it'll bring up a, a goofy picture of me, and then you can start looking. Uh, once you go to my channel, you'll see I have, currently have six videos, um, and they do when you start your stream. They do have you name what game you're going to play. So okay. uh, you'll see that um, uh, playing Resident Evil 3, the first episode, obviously, is where I'm playing um, Oregon Trail. So, yeah, check it out. Take a listen. Uh, if you want to, now I can do my selfish plug. So in order to become partnered, eh, I don't know if that's the right word, or validated by Twitch, you have to have 800... Uh, minutes of streaming, 50 followers, and then, you know, at some point have more than zero people watching. <laughs> so currently my uh, follower count is at five. So uh, uh, if you do go out there and take a look at it, uh, it doesn't cost anything to follow. You just click the button and and uh, it'll, it'll put you up there. So give it a look-see. Um, I'm opening it now to uh, floor. Uh, any questions that uh, may be coming from the floor? Todd, do you have any uh, uh, Twitch TV uh, questions? You know, as I asked that about Xbox, I thought, oh, I remember that I've seen that before. I, yeah. I, I find it so incredibly fascinating that <laughs> this idea of watching people play games and talk about them, that then right. I started thinking, why the hell for us movie lovers, is there not some way for people to come watch a movie with me and let me yeah. talk about it? Well, I know you, I know, I'm sure for those that, for those that are a big of fan of films, oof, that was hard to say as you are. The first step is to see a great film, and maybe you'll do this with cats. The second is, and I don't know if they still do it, but when you bought a, a DVD or Blu-ray back in the day, there was the commentary cut where they would right. have the actors and the director in there, and they would talk about it. And those were all really fascinating. So in a lot of ways, um, and, and, and I'm glad you actually asked that, um, because any time I bring up Twitch to somebody, um, they're like, well, what is that? And I said, well, basically you watch people play video games. And they're like, that's the stupidest thing in the world. And I remember when I first kind of learned about Twitch. For me, there was a game that came out um, that was on based in the Alien universe. And I, I didn't want to buy the game. And one thing about story games like um, Resident Evil 3 and Blair Witch is once you play through them, you're they're done. I mean, there's... There's nothing else to do. So Blair Witch is on Game Pass. Um, so rather than buying the game, I would watch people play it and listen to the commentary and enjoy their their hosting. But then I didn't have to sit down and physically play the game. You kind of went through the same pain. Um, so it is it is a little different, and everybody's personalities are different. Doctor Disrespects is really boisterous, overconfident, you know, guy that that says all this incredibly goofy stuff and makes you laugh. So there's the entertainment um, value. Um, and, and it's not for everybody. I'll tell you that right now. Again, I think especially, and I was, I have this on my notes here to talk about age, it, it, you know, at 47, um, it, it's late to the game as far as that. Most of your famous Twitch streamers are, you know, not yet 30 or younger. And, um, so there, there's a little bit of age gap. So I think a lot of people my age wouldn't be interested in doing it anyway. 
or watching it. They've got other things to do. But um, I'm enjoying the project. I'm enjoying doing it. I'm having fun streaming, and I will continue to do it. Uh, and hopefully at some point, once I think you become partnered with Twitch, then you can start taking subscriptions, and and you get a little more little more support from them, and you go from there. So I'll give a – I won't always be Jeff's judgment on, but uh, I'll continue to keep the kind listener up to date on what's happening on Twitch. It's very interesting. Very um... – I'm going to have to go find you. So there are archives of your, your past stuff I can watch. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm going to go do that this afternoon when I, after a little Easter love. Oh, and that's right. around the house. Happy um, Easter to everybody yeah. who's celebrating Easter. Um, my departed father-in-law would call every Easter and go, he's risen. So <laughs> he has risen to everyone. It, it kind of scared me that I got called and screamed at, but he is risen. Uh that's great. That's great. Uh, yeah, you can watch the past, and I will. I will give you this piece of advice, Todd. Um, it's a great background. It's it's generally on in the background. So if you're doing something, if you're uh, focused on something else, or looking through, or doing something, it's a great thing to have on the background. And uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, a couple views uh, would would be great. I appreciate that. Make it happen, everyone. Go out there and support Jeff. Let's make that happen. <laughs> uh, that would be great. That'd be great. All right. Uh, that's Jeff's judgment. Chris, uh, Chris, Todd's still working on the Jeff judgment intro and outro song, which I'm excited to hear at some point, um, which all I really deserve is just one sustained note and that's it. Um, hang on, hang on. We're going to do this on the flyer. Okay. Right? All right. On. Vamp for me. Um, vamp, 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 vamp. Todd is now, uh, stepped out of his window. Um, so speaking of Twitch, uh, go to the Saturday Night Live, uh, archive on YouTube or whatever. All right, Jeff, hang on. And, uh, pardon my language. And, uh, sitting with a guitar in a chair is not easy. There was, uh, there was a skit that Saturday Night Live did, uh, last week, or I guess last night, uh, that was of a Twitch streamer. And it's, it's pretty funny, uh, cause a lot of it is what they show on that. So if you're interested, check it out. So it's yeah. Jeff's judgment, right? Jeff's judgment on, yeah. TTO and JJO. He's sitting up in the backfield. Oh, no, damn it. Hang on. He's <laughs> sitting up in the backfields of Nebraska. He's sitting there. Looking over his Twitch account. <laughs> it's called Jeff's Judgment. That's your quick little. I love it. I love it. Let's let's uh, let's get you some love there. I may I may have to start having the guitar around more often. I think we should. I think we should. Ass with that. And I'll I'll have my uh, triangle. Okay. Um, you usually say that for our special loving moments. But <laughs> that was kind of gross. That was. Right? That was. It's right. It's 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 uh it's 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 an awkward time. All right. So that's, kind listener, I'm really sorry I did that to you. I'll write something much better. <laughs> I thought it was great. I like the it. The panic of Nebraska, and then I thought, yeah, I don't. not much rhymes with Nebraska. Is it in Nebraska? Alaska. Alaska. Wishing in, in Nebraska. Ahead, he was in, sorry. I was gonna say wishing he was in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. Um if you need a glass or um 
I'm going to ask you. Yeah, I was going to say, if he, if he's, if you have a question, he'll ask you. I don't know. Okay. Let's get on to center stage, which actually, I mean, we're at 59 minutes right now. So we could, we could call it if you want to. Let's, let's do it quickly. I, okay. I don't think we have to, to beat this one to a pulp, but you, so I, I'm going to actually, can I introduce what we're doing? <laughs> Absolutely. Go right ahead. So while, well, in pre-pro, you know, it, I tried to ask Jeff, Hey, what are we going to do center stage? And, and we found that it's a little hard right now because pop culture is not saying, Hey, here's the thing we want you to focus on right now. Right. Yeah. You have the tiger King moments, but there are no movies out. Um, it's a little hard to find something in focus. And then Jeff brought up that, you know, he and Catherine had been watching the Hulu series Handmaid's Tale. And, mm -hmm. I, and it, as he got into it, I thought, well, it, that's kind of interesting that what COVID may be making us do is go back to the things that we missed. That, that because, you know, there are so many things to choose, you inevitably yeah. hump past one and go, I'm going to right over it and go to this one. Um, I've in the past said how much, how well I think Handmaid's Tale was done this is based on margaret atwood's novel 1985 yeah novel um now i gotta check that and of course no date right there. yes 1985 Good i job. read that right out of college or right yeah in college uh, that would have been in college time and my mind was blown by it. the idea that this you know at that time we weren't having dystopian novels that simply took away one part of society and said we're going to thrust people into this and it was you know, we didn't have the Me Too stuff yet. We right. didn't know all this, but right. it was it was saying that women were just used for reproductive purposes. There yeah. were those that that weren't, but the, those that were. Here's what I have personally thought, and I'm I'm going to skate this out there because I did watch it right away. I I actually kind of liked the original film that uh, had Robert Duvall in it. It was okay. It wasn't great. But when I heard this was coming with Elizabeth Moss, I thought, wow, this is going to be great. I still think the first season is outstanding. It is incredibly close to the book. If I remember correctly, the book ends with uh, our main character being put in the van and taken away. We don't know whether she's taken away to be rescued oh. or we don't know whether she's taken away to be killed. And that's where it ends. Ah, I forgot that. Yeah. And so that first season ends just like that, but in it, in its way, it still has a weird amount of hope to it. I've thought that the subsequent seasons have interesting ideas. I think they, yeah. they explore different things. I think it's still very important that we all kind of watch this and realize that how easily we can take one group of people or a, a sex or a religion or whatever, one group and change yeah. one dynamic in society and say, they are now this. I think these kind of stories are very important. I also know that they're off putting for some people. All right. I say all this because now I'm going to turn to my lovely <laughs> partner and I want to know what you and Catherine, thought. you know, you, when all of this is done, you, you need a, I shouldn't say you need, I would, I can see you in a position where you like take people, like we surveyed a hundred people and those that said they hate chocolate are all in the room. And then just have you get up and go, look, without chocolate, you don't have vanilla. And so I think there's room for chocolate <laughs> in this world. And I want to talk to every one of you about why you don't like chocolate and you know, blah, 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 blah. And then everybody comes up and like, I love chocolate. Um, <laughs> Because now you say all that and it's like, you know, if you, if, if, if it was a three second round quiz and I had to rate, you know, the show, 
before you said all those wonderful things, uh, I you know it's hovering around a five or a six for me. Um, I agree. Now I had forgotten. I had forgotten that the first season is basically what happens in the book. The second season, and 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 and, and the lovely Catherine's watching it with me, and she she has uh, any movie that's longer than ninety minutes is too long for her. Uh, oh, we no. we watched White Nights last night with the great Gregory Hines and Mikhail Oh my God! Yep, with Phil Coston, Phil Collins going say you say no that wasn't uh, that was say no, you say me was um, dancing on the ceiling, Lionel Richie. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's about. I have to look that up. Go ahead. A. It's about a dancer that defects from Russia and goes to the U.S. and then he's on tour and the plane goes down in Russia and now he's stuck back in Russia. A movie that features fantastic dancing by both Gregory Hines and Mikhail Brezhnikov. Um. But I hadn't seen it in a while and I was like, let's watch this. Let's have date night. Let's watch this. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, the. <laughs> It's uh, it's an 80s movie. Um, and I try and watch Catherine's reactions and and right about she's right about 15, 20 minutes before the movie's over. She's 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 checking out. She's checking out. So to watch Handmaid's Tale and I will. Ha I'm so proud of her. She did binge watch for the first time uh, on uh, Handmaid's Tale. She was I think one day she watched maybe eight episodes. I mean, we're getting up there and. Then, you know, so I joined her and we start watching. And season two, I think they were trying to find some direction and do some things because we started keeping track of how many times uh, the main character would cry. And it pretty much is in every scene that she something happens and she has this huge emotional breakdown, um, which could be the times... And again, could be the, 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 the vibe that's going around the world right now. It's just, it, it got a little little too much you know you kind of wanted some stuff to happen but then right at the end of season two things really pick up there's a lot of stuff there's some oh some oh moments where you're just like wow i can't believe that happened so it, obviously it's been good enough for us to watch and we're gonna watch the rest of it um but uh because we're committed now and that's what i've been telling her is like look we're, we're already in we got to see where this ends up at the end of season three um and you're right. When you look at it from a social aspect and what was written and what the person created when they were thinking and thinking and, and coming up with this idea, it is really amazing um, to, to, to create this type of environment of, you know, what would happen if and, and, and then dive into it and focus on a character and everything like that. Um, it's very bloody. There's uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot of blood. Um, and some things are really hard to see and and one of the areas uh that can make it a little difficult to watch is a lot of it is it kind of deals with this rape thing that's going on and i think that's one thing that can you know definitely be off-putting and and hard to watch can, um, can i interject for the kind of sure. listener just yeah, yeah. if you've not watched it what it is is that there are women that are fertile there are those that are not those are not that have money can get a handmaid their husbands then take this woman that is put into their house and they effectively rape her in order mm -hmm. to create a child for them right and it it is a very hard subject matter but I, I didn't want to make it that this is somehow entertainment rape. If oh, you didn't. oh, I wanted yeah. to at least kind of explain that element. Right. The other guy in radio, it's not good. Yeah. 
Absolutely. No, that's, that's uh, you're a very good point. Um, uh, th- then there were some other elements. There's a scene where she's stuck in a garage and she has this beautiful muscle car that we were all screaming at the screen for her to get momentum to break through the garage door because she can't open it. Um, but those are nitpicky things that you can pick up on any show. Uh, we are interested in seeing where it goes. Um, and I think because of its unique subject manager and um, uh, subject matter and um, uh, environment or, or, or the, the time it takes place in, it does do a good job of covering a lot of different characters at different places in the storyline um, because there's a lot to juggle there. So that, that's another kudos to the writers and the producers and everything. Um, it just, you know, to be honest, just right on the, off the, the surface, it's just some scenes seem that they went on a little too long. Um, of course we're ingesting this all at one time. And that's one bad thing about binge watching is if you have that week to think about it and go into the next episode, just like better call Saul, then, you know, it seems much different than just watching episode after episode after episode. I'm glad you said that because you, as you went through this and I will defend it. And, and look, if you, if you think it's a five, great. Right. Different different pieces of art, yeah. whatever it may be, appeal and speak differently to people. I think you're wrong that it's a five. Yeah. Because I think it's probably closer to about a nine. I think they've had mistakes and stumbles. But what I really want to say in that yeah. is it, it amuses me, not to the point of I'm looking down at people, and especially you, never, <laughs> when people say I watch it and she cries every episode. Yeah. Here's here. So let's, what season are you on right now? We're uh, on season three. We're in, I think episode three. All right. So, and while you're looking that up, but one thing I did want to say is, cause we thought it was just us, right? Cause we, we, uh, we, you know, are, are like, are we just being too harsh? You know, is, is this just our inability to recognize what's on the screen? And there's, of course, you can search on the internet. You can get whatever opinion that agrees with you. But right. I did see a few things about, you know, season two is difficult to get through. Not from the aspect of necessarily the way they shot it or the way it was edited. There's just a lot to emotionally unpack during during that that season. There is. And it, I will say season, I think I even said this when, when I reviewed it back couple years ago yeah that i didn't think season two is as strong as the first one it i i what i liked about it is they do open it up you know they've opened this up because in the the novel she does not have a name she there's actually a passage and you can go find this where it names a succession of different handmaids in the last one in her name ingrid in the the tv show yes a real name june yes that's what it is in in the very last thing and it says and june uh, and that's where they got june from so they've done even opening that up and yeah. you know i i think they've done a great job that her i believe in the original novel god i need to go back and read this again that luke her husband yep. is more of a memory it's not necessarily the character so mm. they're opening these things and they're doing a great adaptation yeah but it felt like season two they were kind of trying to figure out how to take this to the next level yeah what i was going to say about binge watching that it's it's no different than when people binge watch Game of Thrones and man, right. I got really sick because it's like every scene had snow in it. Well, when you watch <laughs> effectively this this season is thirteen episodes, so you watched a thirteen hour movie. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You see repetitions of themes, and it's going to be like, yeah. is she crying again? <laughs> well, yeah, she's really in a crappy situation. I'm sorry. Um, hey, Jeff. What I what I want her to do is actually grow some cat ears. Right. Yes. I want her to go out and do a little dance with her collarbone. Exactly. And be happy while she's being subjected to this awful life. Yes. Yes. Very yeah, good she's point. Freaking crying. Very good point. Very good point. I agree with you 100. percent I do think the performance is in it. You know. Yes no matter how it may falter. And, and I, I think the show could benefit from going from 13 episodes down to eight. This yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's going to be a fourth season. There is one more season. Oh, wow. Um, but the performances, um, Joseph fine as the, the head of the household where she lives yeah, is just outstanding. Um, I, you know, Elizabeth Moss, that woman is never, never bad. I'm going to say this woman's you've met um, Serena, yes. the wife of uh, mm-hmm. Yvonne Stravowski, I think is how you say it. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Alexis Bled- by <laughs> Bledel. She's great. I mean, everybody in it is yeah. great. And Dowd, who plays this Aunt Lydia character. I oh. And Dowd is a freaking phenomenal yeah. actress. Yeah. If, and if, I think everybody's great in this. If if you if a character is so strong and so disliked, there is that moment where you have to take a step back. Just like the the, the blonde king in Game of Thrones, that little shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you see him and you just get this this visceral reaction. You have to go, wow. You know, they they really did a good job with that character. And and the same thing with her, just yeah. so evil and so nice, but so evil. Yeah. Have you ever seen actors with, uh, I'm sorry, interviews with the actor that played the king? Yeah, isn't he like the nicest guy in the world? Oh my God, the sweetest person. <laughs> He's always like, oh, hello. And yeah. it's like, oh, <laughs> how do you become that evil? And and how do you get a role after that? Because, I mean, it it definitely, you know, yeah. um, affects it. I'm, lo- I'm looking at it right now real quick. Season three. So season up to season three is only available on Hulu. So I guess the yeah. fourth season's not. Yeah, they, 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 I don't even think they've started shooting season four yet. Oh, okay. Well, we won't I, we won't tell Catherine that because I've I've learned in my relationship with her. There was one time we were going to go see a movie. I can't remember which one it was, and she just said, "As we're we're literally walking into the theater, how long is this movie?" And I was like, "Oh, it's like three hours long." And she stopped, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "I'm out." And I'm like, no, no, come on, come on, it'll be fine. So if I tell her there's another season, uh, I think her head might explode. Um, so you're, what you're telling me is that in my life, it's lucky that I did not end up being a partner with Catherine because she would hate me when I said, hey, we're going to go watch this oh, four-hour movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, even White Nights, even even movies that are enjoyable, you know, she's she... And, and good for her, you know. She's not somebody who can just shut down for two and a half, three hours and just sit still and watch a movie like I can. She's by the way, the Phil Collins song was "Separate Lives," and he sang that with Marilyn Martin. Yeah, uh, Marilyn Martin. Did she have any hits after that? Let's see. Because no, go ahead. I didn't. I I actually made that <laughs> made that claim during the movie. Uh, I'm like, yeah, no, she didn't have any hits after that. And Catherine's like, like, uh huh, like, don't care. But it's funny we're talking about it now because I'm, she probably had some other huge album and uh, um, um, it doesn't look like it. Yeah. <laughs> um. It, uh, wow. Debut solo album, nineteen eighty six. Uh, three singles that charted. <laughs> um, and it doesn't say much after that. Oh 
Well, she did a lovely job with old Phil Collins. How is Phil she's doing? Super cute. Is she is uh, Phil with us still? He is. Man, he was Genesis, so. Genesis is getting back together and going to tour if we ever can have tours. Again. Nice. Phil Collins was huge for a while there. I remember. I remember back in the days of MTV seeing a Phil Collins video, mm-hmm. and I was like, he drums and sings. Like, wow, that happens. Like that yeah. can. That's possible. As a as a drummer, there's nothing better than seeing other people actually do so there's a band right now and i need to find this at some point who literally puts the drummer at the center of the stage Ooh. right up front, and he is the lead singer nice yeah amen and and lots of applause to those drummers that do that yeah let's get the kids involved all right so we've swung all over the place now we're center stage i think is is collapsed and and now we're just we're, we're at the after party <laughs> <laughs> where those that that truly love the other kind radio and Todd and I we're, you're still with us and we're we're in your living room we're, we've already drank all your liquor um I know I ate all your chips and uh, I think Chris I, Chris I keep calling you Chris I am so sorry my name is Keith yes and I've eaten all the chips and I'm sure Todd went to the bathroom at some point so we are we are right up in your business kind listener and the fact you're still with us is is nice. Anything anything else we want to <laughs> Any other paths we want to go yeah. down and see if we can't turn yeah. back from? Um, you know, we pick up the guitar again and we'll just jam the way out on Yeah, this. well yeah, you, you can take us out on guitar. Absolutely. That's quite all right. That's quite oh. all right. You, you you the lovely music you created. No, 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 that. no, no. Let's let's do that. I mean, just, hey, we're I have, flying I by have this nothing to play. Don't you have some original song taught Todd is good. Todd is great. No, wait, that's good. Ooh, I'm not comparing it to God. Um, good. Todd God. is great. Todd is God. Let's all love Todd. Yeah. The only thing I can think of that rhymes with good and great is masturbate. And let's, let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, we're getting a little punchy here. The quarantine is taking effect. Um, so you're, so you're doing those calls with your friends. You know, feel free to throw an invite this way. I'd love to Dude, sit there and BS with you guys. The calls what? The your buddies that you're doing. You're doing some happy hour. Oh. Yeah. Wow, I'm sorry. That was that, that wasn't just down a path. That was a complete gear shift. I think the transmission just fell we out because I was like, "What?" Yep. yep. Uh, kind listener, yeah. while while you were listening, we went in your garage and uh, dropped the transmission out of your your uh, F150. So you got no car now. By the way, what you just did was what the main character in Handmaid's Tale, why she didn't take the car out of the garage because she'd have completely smashed it and wrecked it. And yeah, that is a beautiful scene, though, where she kind of goes out and she's got the shotgun and there's the wolf standing around and they do some really good um, cinematography. Oh, my God. Yes. It's that. beautifully shot. Show. To, to take it back, it, it is yeah. a great show. It is not for everyone. It is. I would never ask my wife to watch it. It would be so hard for her. Oh. Um, my daughter, I think when maybe she might watch it. Um, she's a little more open to those kind of things. I, yeah. You are not going to, this is not a feel good show. No. Period. It's a thinking show. Right. Which is probably why I have such a hard time with it. <laughs> 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 All right. Let's, let's give back the kind listeners some time. Thank you for joining us. Any final words there before we uh, shut it down for the week? And we'll talk to everybody next week when the production schedule is done ahead of time. And and uh, I'm just holding you to it that you'll look at the notes for our film before then too. And I, right I'm doing after that I get so back, the to kind the listener holds you to it too. That's right. 
just like the 10k that I was supposed to run. Wow, I'm a, I'm a I'm How a real go. I'm a real asshole. I mean, good God. Well, hang on, give it to the cats people and they'll remove it digitally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm got to see that now. Maybe I'll maybe I'll watch that. Um, well, stay safe. You too, my friend. And uh, yeah, get bring just have the guitar ready next week. We'll, okay, I'll, we'll, I'll have something completely written. I already kind of have an idea. So. Yeah, we'll do that. All right. Uh, I forgot I uh, cleared the computer that had all my sound files. So now I'm going off of the Go XLR, which means the only sound file I have is from the get go, right? So we don't want to hear that. So I got to vamp for a few seconds until the song comes in, which I think is pretty, pretty close. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a special episode. It, is. it really is. It really is. Um, if you're still with us, thank you. We love you. We are the other kind of radio. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks again. The other kind of radio. Talk radio. The other kind of radio. Talk radio. The other. Well, that was fun.